human beings of the world, it's time to enter the spoilerverse through our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with John and Kenrick. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on scpod.net. But if you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcatcher, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us, leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. Citizens of the Republic of Spoilerverse, welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kenneth Regan. That is Mr. Horsley. And today on the show, well, we're lucky enough to have Melissa Searcher join us today, aren't we? Yeah, and she was on, you might know that name because she was on one of our Emerald City Comic Con episodes back from, uh, God, last month. I, it, it feels like so long ago because this this whole like lockdown thing has made everything seem so long. Yeah. But it was it was, it was only a month ago. Yeah, she came on because we we try to do a we we did our best at doing a virtual Comic Con yep. for all the the people that were going to Emerald City Comic Con and were well, it didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. And she came on. We talked to her, and she was she was so much fun. We decided to have her come back on and talk some more. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, let's give her a call and see what's going on. Let's do that. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Oh, Just good. Turn my volume up here. Yeah. Yeah. How's, uh, the, how's everything going in uh, Emerald City? It's, you know, a lot of self-isolating still. Trying to keep the uh, the cooties at bay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? It's been, it's been a crazy, crazy time, you know, as always. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I... The University of Washington put out a model saying May 18th from if everything oh, keeps going the way they're it's going May 18th everybody should be able to have uh, life back to normal. Oh wow! For Washington State, yeah, that doesn't include uh, all the other states, just Washington State. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because you guys have kind of calmed down. I mean, initially it was like the epicenter. Yeah, big, <laughs> when we first started, everything was like hitting us hard and we're having, and it really, what happened was, is somebody came from somewhere else. They don't really know. And they went to, they visited relatives at a retirement home. Okay. And it just spread like wildfire from there. Yeah. (laughs) And then we had, you know, deaths and everything. And the rest of the country was still like partying and doing whatever they wanted. And we were starting (laughs) to go on lockdown. You know? Yeah. That was scary. It was. Yeah. My friend Renee, she lives in Seattle and she was, basically said the same thing that because of the rest home, it kind of amped your numbers up quite a bit, even though it was just all in one location, essentially. Yeah, yeah, it did. It it really amped it up. But uh, Jay Inslee, the governor, did a good job of Mm -hmm. starting, you know, let's get things locked down as fast as possible. Um, He wasn't so concerned with, uh, you know, keeping people 
I don't know. He wasn't so concerned with business. He was concerned with getting people money so that they could survive. But he mm-hmm. knew that this was more important to get everything locked in and locked down. Uh, luckily, yeah. um, my day job people were really good, and they they uh, can't they they locked everything down right away. Like, oh, that's awesome! It hit Seattle, and a week later, they're like, nobody's going into any of the buildings. That's it. Oh wow! And then, like, wow. a week or two weeks later, Johnny, your your company followed suit, right? Yeah, pretty much two weeks later, my company was like, nope, everybody go home, work from home. So it's pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, <clears throat> but it's gotten better. I mean, I feel bad for New York because they just, Ugh, I mean, it's yeah. crazy. Oh, my God. I, I can't even imagine being in New York right now. Um, my publishers are actually in New York and they're just like, literally, you can't even go out to get groceries. Like in yeah. California, at least we can still kind of go to the store once a week or once every couple weeks. But um, in New York, I think it's just like everyone's just getting delivery and like literally just bleaching everything they get, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel really bad for New York. It's, but it's such a, it's such a, like a concentrated city. I mean, it's a huge city, but each borough is such, everyone's like, on, top, everyone's of on top of each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. So, I go out now, you know, I'll go out like, it seems like I go out way more than I want to go out, but I go out. I feel like every other day to get something that everybody, you know, but we have quite a few people here. So I try to go, okay, does my sister need anything? Does my nephew need anything? Does, you know, all the people in my life here need anything? And then I'll go and I'll put on like, I have an actual painter's respirator with uh, the filters that filter everything out. So Mm -hmm. I'll put that on and my glasses and I have headphones on and then I have my gloves (laughs) on. I look like I'm playing fallout for real. (laughs) Oh my God. Cause you are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I actually have, um, the, um, I got the collector's edition, you know, of the fallout 76. And so I got the power helmet. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was just playing that tonight. You should put that on and go out with it. And I'm like, no, (laughs) Oh, it came with a real life power helmet. For- yeah, like oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> you should go out with like, that. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I can put it on. I have the Pip Boy too, so I'll just strap that on. And- oh, that's. <laughs> I, I was just. I was literally just playing that five minutes ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, have you tried? So you're doing uh, the Wasteland update. Yep. Yep. I've well, I played Fallout Three like crazy. Like mm-hmm. Fallout Three was my jam for, and I played it for like a year straight. Oh, and and that's just the best one. yeah, I, I was just ridiculous. And then I didn't play Fallout Vegas. I don't know why. I just didn't. And then that was really I, good too. You should check that one out. I'll check it out. And then I uh, and then just like just two days ago, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm gonna we're gonna play Fallout seventy six. And so oh, wow. I've been playing ever since. Well, you're lucky because so you missed all of the bugs and all of the yeah the crap. Because when it first launched, it was awful. I literally was like, okay, dumpster fire. Yeah. And um, now with the Wasteland update, it's it feels like an original Fallout you know, game again. Yeah. Um, because before it was just weird and random and like the, the bosses like were – the levels were too high. Like you'd have like four bullets and like a 50-level whatever would come at you and you're like, um, no, this is ridiculous. Right. Like, <laughs> it's not even fun. <laughs> well, luckily I have friends that are all like level 75 or level 119. Oh, cool. And so they're like, oh, here, here's a fire axe that we made you with this. And here's that. And here's this. Oh, oh nice. put this gun away because you won't be able to play it until you're level 20. And I'm like, level one. <laughs> oh I'm like, why are you giving me this stuff? I'm just going to go sell this. <laughs> 
yeah, just scrap it. Yeah, just scrap it. I'm just done. You know, I made leather armor like that, you know, uh, last night. They're like, oh, you mean armor? That's good. I feel like I'm so dumb because they're like, oh, that's so good. Like they're going to pet my head. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, good so job good. there, Henry. Good job. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I've been playing these games twice as long as you. <laughs> it just started. You know, get out of here. You're like, just so you know. Yeah. Just <laughs> wait. You just wait. Yeah, Once I'm in 90 like hours, I'll have 119. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Are you a big game? Big game player? What? I am. Yeah. I've uh, been playing Xbox probably for a long time. I started out, you know, with like the NES system and, uh, my first game, I think, was like Super Mario Brothers. Nice. I'm totally aging myself. No, I'm um, right there with you. I was <laughs> yeah. same way, so it's good. Because we're <laughs> only 22. We had, like, the, That's okay. The right, we're all 22, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, we're all 22 yeah, here. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I started with that, and then um, I had a PlayStation forever. Um, I was actually one of those people that like stood in the rain at like two in the morning when PS3 came out. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and I had that. And then um, when Xbox came out, it like totally changed like my whole gaming ideas. So I was really? like, oh, this is great. So you was, Xbox? Like, just the graphics were better. Xbox over PlayStation? Initially, yeah. Because when I remember when Xbox kind of first made their like big splash, mm-hmm. um, I think it was. With Halo? the 360, yeah, probably Halo. Um, they were the graphics were a little bit more advanced, uh-huh. but PlayStation hadn't like caught up to it yet. So um, yeah, and then I just got like super into it, and then I discovered Fallout, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm never playing anything else again. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, I pretty much like anything by Bethesda. Like Skyrim is great. Uh, I love I think Skyrim. They did Thief. I don't know if you ever played Thief. That was oh, a cool Thief. One. That's a great game. Yeah, it was a really fun game. I keep hoping they'll make like a sequel to it or something. I don't, I think, they ever, I don't think they ever will, but it's so, it's so good. It was on that, that, that game was actually uh, it was on free on Xbox or PS3 or one of the one of them. I don't know which one. And okay. uh, I downloaded it because it, it was free. And I was like, oh, I missed it. I didn't even hear of it. And then played through it on three with my son. And we're like, oh, my God, this is so much. This is incredibly fun. Why? <laughs> why is this free? And yeah. why is there more? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's the best. Yeah, it was really fun. That's the yeah, best. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, so I just play games when I can. Obviously, I don't have as much time anymore because I just get into this like vortex. Write, like, like when I'm playing, I'm like, oh, five hours just went by. <laughs> what have I done with my life? Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. You ever like you're playing and all of a sudden you see the sun coming up? You're like, oh, yep. I messed up. <laughs> I haven't done that in a long time, but yeah, I was I was playing the Wasteland uh, uh, DLC the other day, and I was like, oh my god, I've been on this game for four hours. Why are my hands cramping up? Oh, oh yeah, I'm my not god. playing you anymore. And <laughs> we'll have to play together. Right. <laughs> Once I get my totally. character up. Yeah, we'll have to. Yeah, I'll text you my uh, gamer tag. <laughs> That'd be rad. Yeah, I, I tell everybody they like because they just run so much faster, you know. And then I'll start taking off. I'll like look on the map. I'm like, oh, I need to go here to get this duplexer thing. So I'll start chucking. They're like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going there. They're like, well, hold on a sec. We're doing this. I'm like, you're gonna catch up with me in like two seconds. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> And sure enough, two seconds later, they're like, like, oh, hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> like, I told you. Yeah. <laughs> so, Melissa, you are, you're a writer. I am. And you're yeah. a prolific writer. You've been uh, pumping out some books lately. I have pumping them out. Yeah. I have a, well, I had three books out that were a part of a series, yep. um, a trilogy. And now I have a new book coming out that I'm so excited about. It comes out in two weeks. And actually, it's up for pre-order right now on Amazon. Nice. 
you have to yeah. send us the link so we can put it in the show notes. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. yeah and then, so you had Blood and Magic, Flesh and Bone, and Gods and Demons, mm-hmm. and they're all part mm-hmm. of the same trilogy. Mm-hmm. All yeah, the same Blood part and of the Darkness yeah. series. And yeah. then is your new one in the same world or is it a whole different thing? It is a uh, same world, but sort of like a spinoff um, story. So the yeah. main character is different, but I do have some returning characters from nice. the Blood and Darkness series. So yeah, it's definitely, it's 10 years after the events of Gods and Demons. Oh, nice. So I essentially like, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but it's essentially like there's this sanctuary where all these supernatural creatures like kind of hang out and train. Yeah. And so the main character kind of starts there and then just kind of goes off on a wild adventure of magic and witchcraft and there's werewolves and stuff. So it's, um, it's pretty dark. I write, I do have to tell people ahead of time, like, don't buy this for your 12 year old. Um, <laughs> it's not a preteen book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's very dark, um, explicit, uh, a lot of violence, um, and just dark themes too. Just, I like to play around with like, yeah. kind of the whole good and evil thing, but in a very dark, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, you sent us so, your 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 three, your first three, yeah. And so I'm I'm just started Blood and Magic, um, the other day. Awesome, so, awesome. Yeah, oh, good. I will give you oh, a see. full honest review when I'm done. But I got a feeling I'm gonna Perfect. like it. Oh, good. Yeah, I like. Um, it's it's on the campier side. So if you like kind of, oh, I love campy. like Winona Earp type of mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, it's yep. a great show. I love that show. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, still gonna catch up, but. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's got some campiness to it, which, you know, like it's not for everybody, but I do like to play around with that because when you're dealing with such dark themes and, you know, one scene, she's ripping someone's heart, you know, out of his chest, um, you have to have, (laughs) you know, some comic relief and kind of like witty banter. So I definitely try to like sprinkle that in throughout the series. (laughs) Just sprinkle here and a sprinkle there. (laughs) Sprinkle. (laughs) Sprinkle, sprinkle. Have you ever heard of the author... His name is Rick Walteri. Um, he, it sounds familiar. He does a series of books called Vampire Bill. Oh yeah, I've heard of those. Oh, you might like them because they're same. A lot of the same type of stuff, you know, like a, a okay. lot of supernatural, and then but you know the over the top violence, and then okay, let's sprinkle some 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 comedy in and some campiness <laughs> to bring it back down to reality a little bit, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And I got a feeling, yeah, of, I mean, the Bill. way you just described it is right up my alley. I love that kind of stuff. Okay, awesome. Yeah, Vampire Bill, that reminds me of like True Blood. Wasn't his name Bill? Like the vampire? Oh, oh it was. Yeah, yeah it was. It I was, think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty I don't know if they were <laughs> before or after or what. That's Who yeah. did True Blood? Is that Charlene? Char- Charlene, Charlene Harris. Charlene yeah. yeah, Charlene Harris. Harris? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 She had the other show too, Midnight Texas. Was that her? Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard something about that one as well. I, she does a lot of campy kind of stuff in yeah. her books. Yeah. True Blood was weird, man. They always, I always Super felt weird. like, I loved the first, I don't know what it was. I liked the first uh, year. And mm-hmm. then at some point, I felt like they got to a point where they couldn't, like the writers got stuck and they were just yeah. like, well, let's just cut to a scene of somebody having sex <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and exactly. then we'll be good. I was like, this has no bearing on <laughs> the story. I, anyway, I watched this the first season. I actually didn't watch any further because I was like, the the first few episodes even were really cool. I'm like, oh, this is different. Yeah. You know, um, I like this. And then it just became like very gratuitous. Yeah. And um, and the dialogue was just kind of 
uh, empty and I'm like, Oh no, what, what's happening with these characters? And, um, it was almost like over the top. It was super campy, so but, over like, the top. Yeah. Sl- yeah. Slapstick almost. Yeah. <laughs> Some of it's really fun, but th- just a lot of it was just like, Oh, and it just didn't end very well. It seemed like a game of Thrones. What the hell happened with game oh, of Thrones? Oh my God. Don't even get me. Started. I was so mad because I lo- I loved that show and I was telling all the, and mm-hmm. it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I felt like I was like, you know when you find something that no one else is watching and you're right. or, or into and you're into it and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. everybody else starts gravitating towards it and you kind of feel like, no, but it, it means so much more than me when really it doesn't. <laughs> but you're like, it means so much more. And then that's why I felt with Game of Thrones. I was like, oh, my mm-hmm. God, it was so awesome. It was so, And it just kept building and building and building. And then those, like, those last two seasons, it was like, what did you guys do? Garbage. Yeah, yeah. it was true. It was so bad. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's like a, it started out as kind of like not obscure, but like very like not that many people had right. been watching it. Right, it definitely and wasn't yeah, I mean, like HBO. It, so <laughs> no, and I was like, oh, I feel like I'm watching this like exclusively. Like no one else knows about it. And yeah, as it grew and got bigger and bigger, their budget got bigger, which was great. But then it was like the writers were like, oh, screw the books, yeah. <laughs> screw the fans. Yeah. We're just gonna do whatever we want and. uh yeah, and then it towards the end, I guess well, what everyone was saying was that you know they got the the job to do Star Wars, so everyone was like, oh, they're just get they're just rushing through the last. Oh, you knew that's what happened because, and then yeah, and then they got fired from that or something. Right? Oh my god, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> no way! <laughs> yeah, they they are not doing Star Wars. <laughs> well, how much did, how much of Game of Thrones did you watch the, all of them? Oh yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, how I do you kill Queen Cersei that way? It was so weak. Yeah, was like, it was like you, you guys me? built up this the biggest piece of shit in the in the in the mm-hmm. land, and then yeah. she dies by rocks falling on her with her yeah. brother slash lover holding her. And you're lover, like, yeah. what? And pregnant? Or you something wanted too, like, you, you wanted her to get knifed like over like in the street. You know what I mean? I I wanted to see Arya just like take her out. Yeah, you know? uh, <laughs> just like ninja style. What was your Look, I, I, we're kind of geeking out here, but what was your favorite? It's all right. What, what's your favorite scene it. in that in that show? Do you have my one? favorite character? No, well, your favorite scene. It might, maybe favorite it has scene. your your character in oh, it. I don't God. know. I have a couple of favorite scenes. One of my favorite scenes actually is when Sansa. It's after the Battle of the Bastards, and yeah. Sansa um, lets the hounds in yeah. uh, to Ramsay's cell. And like she walks awesome. away as he's being eaten to death with like that smirk on her face. That was awesome. I thought that was just like so great. That guy was <laughs> such a bastard. Yeah, I was like, yes. I, I literally jumped up from the couch and I was like, that's right, motherfucker. I literally got so into it. Um, that and then the whole episode was great. Like just the whole battle and everything. Yeah. Um, that was a great one. Um, pretty much anything with Cersei in it. She's just such a great actress. Oh my god, that lady um, is so good freaking awesome um yeah that was probably my favorite i don't know i mean my f- maybe they kind of like went down the wrong road when they started putting like famous people in like yeah. i didn't understand what that whole thing with like ed sheeran in the woods that like, was weird singing. right like why is ed <laughs> right? sheeran in freaking game of thrones <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <Right? nuts. laughs> like if he was in it from like like for like a few years and was a reoccurring character, then I could like, I'm trying to be an actor and hopefully people take right. me seriously. I, I could get into that, but they just like <laughs> randomly put him in an episode. You're like, wait, is that Ed Sheeran? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It totally takes you like out of the, the world. Yeah. All of a sudden you're like aware yeah. of You're Ed waiting Sheeran. for him yeah. to like 
bring out a Coke and like <laughs> crack it open and <laughs> totally. like drink it and give you a smile to the screen or something. Right. <laughs> well, the other thing was funny was people started spotting water bottles that were like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Or it was set. like a Starbucks was- cup, wasn't it? Yes. Oh, the Starbucks cup. Yeah. There was a Starbucks <laughs> cup like next to um, Khaleesi. And I'm like, come on, guys. That like, happened in the, the new Little Women. You know show. that? The, 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 <laughs> so new, the new Little Woman movie? The, oh, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. yeah. There's a scene where they're, they're talking where the guy comes in and there's a freaking double insulated cooler bot- water <laughs> bottle on the desk. And then behind it is another water bottle, like a plastic water bottle. <laughs> Oh my god! And it made and, it into and, the final cut. That was in the theater and everything. And it took some girl on TikTok to say, "Did anybody else see this?" And then it blew up all over the place. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, a water bottle. And what are they in like the eighteen hundreds in that movie? Right. right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my god. My favorite scene though in, in Game of Thrones was it was because of the buildup was Hodor when he dies. Oh and my it's, god! And it switches yes. from Hodor, Hodor, hold the door, and you're like, <sighs> it was such a buildup that I literally, uh, I was crying, didn't even know it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. didn't yeah, even it know it. I was like, oh my god! And I was tripping out. I was like, oh my god! Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Right? <laughs> it was like I told no, people no. when it happened. It was like Game of Thrones just gave you the greatest scene in television history that you didn't even know. You wanted. Britain was so brilliant. He, yeah, and I was he like, was like, wow. He was a really good actor. I mean, for not having like much dialogue, you know, right. a great expression and stuff like that. But yeah, no, I was literally tearing up. What like, happened? Oh my God. To the writing after that, because that was a brilliant writing. And it just brilliant went. Brilliant like, writing. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even some of those scenes with um, like the White Walkers yeah. were really well filmed, yeah. you know, and shot everything. Put together but really just, well. The theories still just don't make any sense to me. I'm still just kind of like, I feel like they didn't answer it was crazy. some questions and, um, so, and just having Bran be the one at the end on the throne. I'm like, really? I know it was, it was so, yeah. but I feel like I don't, you almost have to have to do a series like that and to, and to maintain it. And for everybody to be happy, mm-hmm. you, I think you almost have to, have a complete story ready to go. The fact that George R.R. R. Martin still hasn't written the last, <laughs> what, two books? No, the, I know. It's crazy. It's been like six or seven years, I think. Yeah, all the great stuff came from his books. And then after that, it was all the writers trying to figure out how to do it. And it was like... That's right. Yeah, it was like off page. Yeah, yeah. It was with him giving them suggestions. But I'm wondering <laughs> like, how much did they take? Because obviously the stuff that he did was brilliant. And then you go with the, what, whatever they... whatever shit they did those last two years it was yeah, like yeah if you if you reread game of thrones the book the first one it's yeah. actually very very close to the season yeah um i didn't realize just how like much they literally like mimicked you know his book which is so rare yeah. normally when you write a book and it make, gets made into a film or something they completely chop it up so you know he had so much control you would think he would have jumped on it to you know, write faster. I mean, I, I know it's easier said than done as a writer. Right. I know that you get huge stretches of um, writer's block, but right. it's six years. I mean, come on. Like, right. <laughs> six years. Doing? That's right. It did take him like six years to write the first book, right? Yeah. And I'm, and I'm like, and you don't even have a full-time job. And then <laughs> six years in between books or some, it's like the first book came out in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ridiculous. I'm like, how is this? I'm like, we most of us work full time. <laughs> like, I did three right. in 2018. What the hell, dude? <laughs> Seriously, pick up the pace, buddy. Come on. <laughs> like that's your one job. <laughs> that's your one job. I feel so left out of this conversation because I haven't seen Game of Thrones. 
besides yeah. like three episodes. I've been try, I tried to get him to watch it, but he refused. After it became big, where everybody was talking about it, he's like, "Fuck it, I'm not watching it." Well, wasn't that? It was like there just it was there was so many people at work talked about it, and like I'm a bigger white dude with gray hair and a beard, so people just call me Hodor at work all the time. And he does kind of look like Hodor. I mean, it's kind of funny. It, we had a chat program that had a Hodor gif in it, and it kind of looked like my face. It was kind of funny, but I mean, I don't, I don't care. They were calling me Hodor, but. It became such a thing at work. Everyone tried to push on me. I was just like, fuck it. I'm not going to do it. I don't care. But I've seen like, <laughs> I've seen a couple episodes and it was it was good. I just it's such a commitment now to sit down and watch it all that I'm like, I don't it know is, if I care. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I should because I've heard oh, it's a yeah, huge investment. So like if you don't care, like don't bother. <laughs> right. Right. Well, it's like Titanic. I've never watched Titanic. And now I've like neither, neither it's been so long. I'm like, I. It's like a badge of honor. I've never watched it. I never will. <laughs> There's a lot of people actually I've been hearing that lately that they've never seen Titanic. I don't know why that's going around in the oh, that's hilarious. lately, but <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. A disaster movie. Well, I tried, disaster, so. <laughs> honestly, I tried to go see it. Right. And so mm-hmm. me, I was working at Microsoft. It was like night. When was that? 1997? Yeah. Six, somewhere around there. And, yeah. But it came out almost the same time as Saving Private Ryan. And we went to go see. Uh, Titanic, because I had a crush on this girl, and she's like, "Oh, you want to go see Titanic?" I'm like, <laughs> "Okay," and she was like, "Well, it's playing at the Dollar Theater, where it's just like a buck, you know what I mean? Because it's the right. second time around or whatever." And we're like, "Cool," and we go to go there, and they're like, "Oh, it just left yesterday. Now we have Saving Private Ryan." So we're like, "Okay, well, let's go see that." <laughs> <laughs> Two very wholesome movies, right? Yeah. <laughs> Two movies I haven't seen. <laughs> oh, Saving Private Ryan's really good, though. I've seen the first like. 15 it minutes is. of it then i i just it was just i want i mean i like war movies i just never watch yeah. it i don't know why i have a problem uh, with watching popular things i guess i don't know maybe yeah it's a commitment it's not like a show where you can like binge an episode and then go to the next one where you can just switch to something else like yeah. when you're watching a three-hour movie you're like okay i'm in this for three hours <laughs> and then if it sucks you're like i just lost three hours that i can't get back so uh, <laughs> so, so melissa yeah. how long have you been writing now like professionally Professionally, yeah. I have been writing since 2017 is nice. when I signed my contract with City Owl. And um, I mean, I've been writing my whole life, but like, yeah. yeah, professionally, um, yeah, it took me about... How did you find them or did they find you? With that, um, I found them. Yeah, I went through the whole querying process. I at first was trying to get an agent. Um, I was being very ambitious. Um, as a debut author, it's very, very difficult. Um, yeah. So I, you know, after getting about like 20, 25 rejections, I was like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Um, and then I realized I probably needed to go a different path um, because my genre that I was writing in was just more of a like speculative fiction, you know, niche or niche as you, as you will. Um, yeah. So agents tend to go for more, you know, commercial, literary, um, you know, things that are going to be more like, you know, considered, um, I don't even know what the word would be. It's just, it's like a different genre. And so I'm writing about campy vampires, which at the time too, like nobody wanted to touch vampires. They were like, okay, they were still bitter about Twilight. (laughs) 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 They're like, nobody wants vampires. Freaking sparkling in the daytime. Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I'm like, why did I have to go write a book about vampires? Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I decided, I started talking to a few authors that I had met online and decided I wanted to go um, with the small press because they just, that's their genre as they love the that type of book like urban fantasy paranormal romance steampunk you know um 
romance novels, like their little passionate romance novels, like that is their bread and butter. So I thought, okay, maybe I'll have, you know, better luck finding a home for Blood and Magic there. And sure enough, um, I found City Owl and they have been amazing. They are. I'm so glad I went with them. Um, And, you know, everything happens for a reason, you know, timing wise, because at the time I was definitely not ready for an agent. I was still like, had no clue what I was doing, (laughs) you know, learning about how to write a novel and let alone three um, so, you know, every book you write, you just kind of get better and better and learn more and then, you know, go on to the next phase after that. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited to be with City Owl. They've been so nice and so great. That's um, awesome. And they produce the best covers, by the way. I don't know. Yeah. You yeah your covers, covers are, st- <laughs> I wanted to ask you that. I was like, that cover is stupendous and it looks like they're yeah. using the same artist for every book. Yeah. Um, the artist is called Mibble Art, M-I-B-L. Um, they're absolutely amazing. Um, they did the cover for my, my new book, which I'm super excited about. I'll, I'll send you a, a photo of that. Yeah. Um, please do. But yeah, no, they're amazing. Totally amazing. So yeah. Are you um, but pla- I, planning on doing any audiobooks with, with, with the stories or? Yeah. Audiobooks are tricky. Um, for small press authors, we either have to have our books be like, you know, bestsellers, like New York times bestsellers, um, in order to garner, um, the audio rights being sold, essentially it's kind of like film rights or television rights. Um, or the other option is, is you can do it yourself. It's pretty costly, but you can hire, you know, a company to do the audio for you, which I definitely want to do down the road. Cause I know that it's like a huge thing right now. It's really, really popular. Um, yeah, I guess my generation, I'm, you know, Gen X, I like associate audio with like NPR, you know, and, like, my head, I was, like, audio. we're the best generation. Gen <laughs> you X. know what I mean? I'm like, what? Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I literally like just started listening to podcasts like two years ago. Nice. Um, and now they're like all the rage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a generational thing, I guess. But no, I guess the audiobooks are really popular right now. So I would love to, yeah, go in that direction eventually, for sure. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be very Although cool. Although I have a friend of mine, she she has like, a, what is that, Alexa? Uh-huh. And uh, she just puts my book in her Alexa thing and it reads it to her. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. But it's got to be like that yeah. monotone voice, right? It's a robot yeah, voice. Exactly. I'm like, I wonder how like those sex scenes are sounding with like a robot <laughs> right. <laughs> describing it. <laughs> Makes them all so romantic and erotic. <laughs> like ridiculous. Yeah, oh, that'd be but, hilarious. Right? I know. I have to have her like videotape it or something. <laughs> YouTube it. Yeah. That's funny. I love that. That's hilarious. <laughs> right. I kind of want to try it now. I wonder if I should oh do it God, in Google yeah. and see how Google would sound with it. Because I have oh, Google yeah. Home. Or like Siri or something. Yeah. Well, Google has a very much a robotic voice. So it's like, that would be so funny. I but, ripped well, his throat out, and then I... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was blood everywhere. Yeah. Oh, my God. His <laughs> erection was amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, oh, we should, we yeah. should do the end like that. Just record it that way. Yeah, we should. <laughs> <laughs> Robot story time. <laughs> You should let us know if you need help with uh, finding somebody to do the voiceover and stuff. Let us know. <laughs> we'll have fun with it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah. I can't guarantee we'll good, but we'll have fun with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is going oh, downhill quick. <laughs> Down a good hill. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my God, so Melissa, hilarious. when did you figure out that you wanted to be a writer? Was it at a young age or 
Because writing is hard. Right. Well, writing is very, very hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, well, I wrote poetry, you know, when I was a kid, teenager, angsty teenage stuff. And uh, I loved writing poetry. It was just like a great like release and like just dealing with life, you know, growing yeah. up. And um, and I realized I was good at it. I, I won a couple of awards for, for poetry when I was nice. younger, um, school type stuff. And um, yeah, and then I just loved to read. So uh, I read the yeah, classics. And then when I was like 16, I discovered Anne Rice. Okay. And yep. I was like, oh my God. What's your favorite one? Uh, uh, probably queen of the damned really yeah i i mean of course they're all great but i liked it because it went into like this egyptian mythology mm-hmm. um which i thought was really cool uh, i actually use greek mythology in in my series um to sort of like explain the origin stories of a lot of the supernatural creatures yeah um so yeah i just fell in love with Anne race and it was just so dark and gothic and she had these supernatural creatures but like had human tendencies yeah you know they would struggle with their humanity or struggle with uh, religion and god and this their whole like purpose in the world and i liked that kind of struggle as well as um just like the really cool vampire stuff yeah um and then new orleans of course well, um, she's the I've first, never been but i feel like yeah you know i i want to go to new orleans i haven't been there yet either i feel like yeah. Anne rice is the first one to really put in like that homoerotic kind of over sense mm-hmm. to the whole thing absolutely which was yeah, she did jarring when you first are reading it yeah especially for the time frame when she did it i think my favorite one was merrick Oh, Merrick was really good too. Yeah. yeah, it was just I felt like because like I I read so the I read the first three so interview mm-hmm. Lestat and Queen of the Dam and then I didn't mm-hmm. read in, anything in between that and Merrick but Merrick was like it's it's a standalone story. Yeah, in the same world, about, but kind of by um, itself. The witch, like when it was kind of like vampires and witches together. I think in that one, yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's been a long time. I read it like I was on my way yeah. down to Brazil. And I read two books when I went down to Brazil. (laughs) On the way down, (laughs) I read uh, Devil in the White City. And then on the way back, I read Merrick. And Devil in the White City actually took me longer than The the Plane Ride, which was good, uh, which is a fantastic book. I don't know if you've read that one yet by Eric Larson. I have not. Oh, my God. I have not, but I I know of it. Yeah. It's a historical – like everything's taken from diaries and – uh, newspaper clippings and all that, and you just read through it. And it's just crazy. Awesome. Yeah, it's about the first serial killer in in modern history. Oh, yeah, and okay. he literally I don't think I've built. Known what it was about? Yeah, but he. I, I so know the title. Yeah, it's during the eighteen was eighteen ninety six. The Chicago, well, whenever the Chicago World's Fair was, and it talks about the the uh, architects who went to Paris, saw the Eiffel Tower open up, and said, "We need to do something." that rivals the Eiffel Tower. So they created the White City in to do the Chicago World's Fair. They created the World's Fair to do it in mm-hmm. Chicago, to, to one, to shove it in New York's face, <laughs> which is hilarious. And they talk about that and the fact that they don't call Chicago the Windy City because it's windy there. They call yeah. Chicago the Windy City because they're very boastful about who they are, which I oh, thought it was so weird. Yeah. yeah. And then... That's cool. So they built all this stuff. And then this guy that is a serial killer... Ryan or Holmes the third, John Ryan John Holmes the third, or I can't remember his name fully. It's Holmes is his last name, but he's an actual mm-hmm. doctor and he travels from Philadelphia and he goes from town to town and he stops at certain towns and he'll stay there for months, even maybe a couple years, 
And what yeah. he usually does is he'll go to a, he what he did is he'd go to like a pharmacy, and they're all like mom and pop, and he'd find a pharmacy that was ran by like an old couple, and then he would go and apply as himself, and he was a a legit doctor, so they would hire him, and then they'd oh, start wow. they'd start talking, you know, they start working with them for a while, and then all of a sudden they'd be gone, and people would be coming in, and he'd be like, oh yeah, they. They went to go visit family over here <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, okay. And then like six months would go by and they're like, are they coming back? And he's like, you know, they decided to retire out there and they left me the business and he would wow. do that. And then he'd be there for like six months and he'd collect all this money and then he would move on and he kept doing that. And then he gets to Chicago oh and he's got all this money built up from going mm-hmm. on and killing people on the way, starting in <laughs> Philadelphia. This is all true. This is so nuts. He That's gets crazy. Yeah. He gets to Chicago and he starts hiring all these different contractors and all these different architects. And they start building different parts of this plot of land that he he buys in downtown Chicago. And he starts building this hotel. But he's having different contractors and different architects design and build different areas of the hotel. So none of them know exactly what they're building. And then okay. when he's all done, he has built a hotel of death. So people would check in, but they don't check out. It was nuts. Oh my god! They'd That's go so into crazy. the room, it's like a Winchester and he, mystery. House, yeah, like he would like crack. you'd go into your room, and he had it all hermetically sealed, and then he would gas wow. you, walk into the room, and as you're dying from the gas, he would just throw you down a chute that was in the room that went right into a funeral pyre, and oh he would just burn god. you. Done. It was H.H. Holmes, by the way. And, H.H. Holmes, thank you. And then he wow. would, and then he, when that got when he got caught. They, they they had to transport him back to Philadelphia first for trial, and they hanged him. They're like, nah, dude, you're yeah. done. And they just hanged him. Yeah, and then like for sure. a year later, somebody burnt the hotel down because they didn't want people coming on some macabre tour to Chicago right. to visit the death hotel. Wow. Yeah. And at the same time, the Chicago World's Fair is going on. And these are the oh, architects that created skyscrapers that gave us the ability, and they talk about how they came up with all this crazy <laughs> cool stuff while this crazy thing was going on. That's insane. It was insane. But he had even like the um, like intelligence, really. I mean, I, I know that they say that serial killers have like this like high IQ or something like that, right? Like, yeah, uh, a lot of them have like this weird I think their intelligence thing is in like their a, brain. Yeah, but for him to like plan that all out and like know how to do it is so. It's crazy. Like that. That's insane. Yeah, it is nuts. It's it's a great book. They're supposed to make a movie out of it. Oh, they should. But it came out like in 2001. I read that book when it first came out, and I was like, oh, my God. I try to tell everybody. If you're going to read it, that's the one book I always tell people to check out because it's just so okay. fantastical. You know, I'll definitely put that on my list. Yeah, I yeah, know for sure. I, like I said, I've heard the title before. I just never really knew what it was about. I knew it was well-received like, and yeah. critically acclaimed. So I will definitely add that to my yeah. TBR list. That's kind of weird. That's a weird sure. tangent. And then the next one was I, I read Merrick on the way back. Merrick, yeah. yeah. And I haven't read anything from her since because – I got a little, it was a little over the top for me. I, I liked Merrick. Yeah. I liked it more like Interview the Vampire just drove me nuts because Lewis was such a, I don't know, he was just a wuss. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was hard to read. Yeah, it was like, oh my God, dude. And then and, you well, read Lestat. kind of like her protagonist yeah. in that book. And I think a lot of people that saw like the movie, for example, probably think that he was the star of her books, but it's actually Lestat. Yeah, you Lestat. Know, it was her main guy yeah main vampire because um, you read Lestat and, so, and you're like this guy's badass <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you know what another one um that's really really good is Memnock the Devil okay is that from her 
and that yeah, and I'll check it out. The one where he actually travels somehow. He travels to heaven and hell, and he's essentially trying to come to terms with like what he is. Like, if he's a monster, is he cursed? You know, is he going to go to hell? Or you know, all these different things because you know Lestat's character evolves to sort of like appreciate religion, even though he's a vampire. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting. It's a really good book. It's really well written. Definitely read that one. I'll check it like out. It. Yeah. I got it right here. I already looked it up. Yeah. My oh. sister's, okay, my <laughs> sister's a big Anne Rice fan and, and a big Stephen King fan. And she's uh, she talks about that book a lot. Memnock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a series of books from an author named Piers Anthony. I love Piers Anthony. Do you, yeah. do we, which do, are you a Xanth fan? <laughs> so I, this is really reaching now. Okay. Yeah. No, I love I this. I read Here's Anthony, I think, when I was about 13 or 14. That's when I read him. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking like 1987. <laughs> and I can't remember a single title, but I remember thinking at the time, like, wow, this is really hard to read, you know, because yeah. I was young. And um, I was like, but this is so fascinating. I've never read anything like this before. And, you know, I can, I could, I don't know if he's considered what hard sci-fi maybe or – well, Is it more like it depends on what fantasy. Yeah, he's done a lot of different things. He's kind of a weird guy because if you go back and read him now, he's super chauvinistic, and it, it, oh. I think it went right over everybody when in the eighties and seventies when mm-hmm. he was really writing a lot. You know, and now if you go yeah. back and you, and you if you go on Twitter and you like look him up and you see people talking about him, it's they're all bashing him for the most part oh because my God. Wow. Yeah, okay. his shit is so it's so funny. But I mean, at the same time, it's like eh, it's a product of the time. I don't know, you know. Yeah, I mean, at the time, like there was no internet, I, so <laughs> I love the Xanth series, which is full of puns, and it was all about okay. mag- people that were uh, all, everybody had a magical ability. You know, and it, the okay. first one is called a spell for chameleon and Bing is getting ready to be cast out of Xanth and he's going to go to Mundania, which I mean, you know, I mean, it literally called it Mundania. Like, what was the name of the first book on that one? Spell of a spell for chameleon. And it okay. turns out think- that his whole ability is that he can't be harmed by anything magical. And when you're in a magical Ooh. land of Xanth, that's kind of, you know. It's kind of badass. Yeah. And he becomes a king and then his all his all his heirs are have major magical like his son Dor can speak to inanimate objects. Oh wow. So any inanimate object that comes in contact with Dor they can speak. And so and, and wow. there's a, and there's a bunch of them, right? You know, and there's some cool ones. There's some like really yeah. great stories that you're like, "Oh, wow." Like there's one where this guy was perfectly lining up a line of sight to these gourds. And if you looked into the gourd, then you got you got entranced and you wouldn't move. And he was lining oh, up these Medusa. gourds. Yeah, he was lining up these gourds from all these different from miles away. You know. Yeah. And it, all it takes it, it's it's kind of crazy. That's it's I don't know. They're fun, but he did these series of books called the Incarnations of Immortality. Oh, and those are cool. much like more advanced. Yeah, and each immortal. It has an office. Like the first book is called On a Pale Horse, and that is about the office of death. And oh, this okay. guy's going to kill himself. Death walks through his mirror, and in, and instead of killing himself, he points the gun at death and shoots him, and he kills death. And then fate walks through the mirror after oh. that, grabs a robe, and tells him to say all these things because he has to assume the office of death because that's how the office of death is transferred 
some you know death dies and the next person yeah. takes it so like it's takes the yeah charge. but it all yeah. it's all set up right everything was set up for that to happen to him it's kind of weird that's interesting oh. yeah it's interesting like because I, I literally i cannot remember which books i read by him yeah i just remember that like piers anthony that was like 13 14 years old yep I want to say that was probably the first couple of fantasy books that I've ever probably you know, ever read. the Xanth novels. Like, okay, the Xanth novels. Yeah. Have you read Charles Delint? No, is he good? Okay. Oh my god, yeah. Charles Delint is based out of Ottawa, Canada, and his the first book I ever read by him was called Dreams Underfoot, and it's sort of like magical realism, and he bases like all of his stories in Ottawa. And the characters are very quirky and different, and there's always some kind of like twist or something you just didn't see, you know, coming towards the end. Um, they kind of, some of his books read almost like poems yeah. in a sense. They're very prosy and, um, but just really imaginative. I um, like it. I think you'd like them. They're, they're very interesting books. But yeah. Check out Dreams Underfoot first. Dreams Underfoot. I'm gonna yeah, check that love out. Love that book. We are going down a foothole. A book hole. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. So to circle back, let's. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, so I, um, <laughs> you started writing poems. You became. Yeah. yeah. You came. You came <laughs> so I, I got into uh, uh, Anne Rice. Yeah, yeah. And then um, as far as so the book I read, so it's going to sound so strange because um, of my genre, but the book I read that I, made me want to be a writer was actually Wuthering Heights. Nice. And um, it just was like I heard it was oh there's the sisters that write and you know um and Wuthering Heights was the the only book she published uh interesting enough I guess you know the times that they were living in they didn't take you know women writers seriously um and it was much harder for them I think to get published but I just I read that book and I was like wow this is amazing and a female wrote this you know fast forward I start reading Anne Rice and I'm like oh what if there was a, like Heathcliff was a vampire <laughs> you know <laughs> So, um, yeah, so that kind of made me want to be a writer, but I still had no idea like how to write a novel. Um, it's, it was so intimidating to me, you know, how to structure it. And then sitting on my porch, I remember this exactly sitting on my porch, having a glass of wine and just getting like super introspective and was thinking about, you know, all those what if questions. Yeah. And a lot of times when I get an idea, I'll, I'll uh, start researching like a year will come to mind, like, uh, like the plague, you know, the black plague. Yeah. Like, what if the black plague wasn't really a plague and it was vampires or it was werewolves and then they just covered it up to make it look like a plague kind of a thing. So I'll start like researching things in history and then I kind of try to change them and, you know, put my own spin on it. Yeah. So that's kind of how I came up with blood and magic was based on the, um, Pendle Hill, uh, witch trials in Lancashire, England. And oh, wow. It was in, uh, yeah, in the 1500s. So and I took, it was just like a little concept I took and I thought, well, there was one, they had like tried all these witches and, you know, burned them at the stake. And then for some reason there was one witch that they let go. And I thought, why'd they let her go? And I thought, oh, maybe she wasn't a witch. Maybe she was a vampire. She couldn't burn, you know, <laughs> she got away or something. <laughs> and so yeah. that's kind of how I came out with my, my main character, Gray. Um, for blood and magic and then i just went on a million other tangents after that and the plot just kind of expanded from there <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah that's awesome that's a cool way of doing it I, you know let's look at this and, and go from here because i don't know anything about the pendleton it, um, pendle hill witch trials is that part yeah. of the spanish inquisition 
No, I don't think it was part of that. It was, it was sort of its own thing. Um, it was in this little area in England. And actually if you, today, if you go there, they have like tributes to it and, you know, they've got like little witchy hats, you know, on their gates and, um, you can go to like the gift shop and, you know, they're pretty, pretty proud of it. Um, but yeah, (laughs) Pendle Hill, uh, they're like, this is our (laughs) claim to fame. Um, but yeah, apparently Pendle Hill is supposedly haunted. You know, if you go out into the hills at night, you'll see like the ghosts or whatever. Um, but yeah, there's sort of like this random thing that you, cause you know, we hear about Salem, that's like the big one. And then, right. um, the ones that they did in, in Italy also, those were pretty um, well known, but this one isn't as well known. And I just kind of, I found it by putting in different time periods. I wanted my character to be 400 years old. And so I just basically from, you know, 2013, I subtracted 400 years and I thought, okay, what's going on? What was going on then? Right. And that's how I stumbled upon it. And I thought, you know, and it's, you kind of get down a rabbit hole. I like that. Yeah. Ooh, (laughs) this leads you to something else. That's cool Um, though. So you just like kind of started researching it and just like, oh my God, now you have all these different layers that you can steep mm -hmm. into nonfiction as well as putting it in. I like it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I did the same thing with the origin stories. Uh, I didn't want to do, you know, the usual tropes that, you know, because they've been done so many times and it's really hard to, you know, write fresh takes on fantasy, um, especially with vampires and witches. So I thought I've always been fascinated with Greek mythology. So I thought, hey, what if um, they came from gods? Yeah. So they all, all of my supernatural beings descend from gods. And then as you get into the third book, I actually, you know, explore the gods actually come in as characters. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. I'm reading a book right now that is, um, what's his name? Shane Silver. Has you ever heard of him? Yeah, I have. He, funny enough, when I do my, when I'm looking at my books on Amazon, he comes up as, you may also like. (laughs) Yeah, because that's funny. That's one of the reasons, like, you come up on my, for for my Amazon book list because of the same thing, right? Because I I, I was Rick Walteri and then I got Shane Silver's. But Shane Silver's books are, are, uh, I don't know, they're, are they? Well, they're good. I mean, he's good. Okay. He's he's good. There's just weird sex scenes in them where I'm like, mm. oh, that was really weird. Like yeah. they're, in, they're in the middle of battle and she starts jerking him off. And I'm like, why wow. are you jerking him off in the middle of battle? It's <laughs> <laughs> an odd time for that. This is so weird. That's what, well, you know, unfortunately, like that's, yeah, there's a lot of like, I, I find that more with male writers sometimes like in fantasy only yeah. because I think women were like, oh, we want more like put on the candles and you know, we try to like set the theme more or whatever. But, um, and a lot of, I mean, I don't know, I I guess George R. R. Martin's been known to have a flack for some of his stuff too. In his books. I mean, um, if you set the scene, like dudes getting beat up and then he's, he's with this werewolf counterpart and he starts, yeah, he starts sucking her blood and it like, he's supposed to be the world's first vampire. He starts oh, sucking okay. her blood and she starts getting orgasms from sucking his blood. So she starts oh jerking him off and they have like three witches attacking him all at the same time. And I'm like, no, this stop. is too much going on. <laughs> what is happening? I was like, I turned it off because I was, I was doing it through audible and I turned it off <laughs> like, and I was like, you like ran to turn it off. Right? Yeah. I was You're like, like what am listening? I listening to? <laughs> I feel dirty right now. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't ex- because the first book wasn't like that. 
they had some weird scenes, but nothing like that, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. No, some people are just, I don't know. They, they take it to like a whole nother level. <laughs> yeah. He took it. To, but now I'm like, I'm having a hard time finishing. I want to finish the book because there's only three right. in the series. And I'm like, I kind of want to finish the series because I'm kind of a completionist, you know? Yeah. And I liked the first book. The first book was interesting. And the way he sets it up is interesting. And the fact that, you know, <laughs> and it was like all this cool stuff happened. And then that scene happens. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> yeah he should have had a trigger warning on there for you <laughs> yeah oh so weird and it, it's kind of funny because he's got like characters like a little black lady who is a doctor her name her first name is frankie her last name is stein oh you know okay. he does a lot of things yeah. like that that's a you're bit just on like, the nose frankie stein. <laughs> yeah it's a bit on the nose you're just like oh yeah man, really and you know now you're they're like, talking to dr jekyll leader, please. yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it's like it's almost like he's trying to set up his own uh, league of extraordinary gentlemen. Okay, you okay. know, and, ambitious. Yeah, <laughs> but with yeah, it's just weird. I feel dirty even talking to you about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny that you mentioned him because I actually was like, oh, should I read his books? And you know, because his books pop up as, yeah. as like the also bots or whatever on Amazon or like books you may like based on this yeah and uh, and he has some cool covers i have looked at his covers before and thought wow those are yeah he know, does he's awesome. got some cool covers yeah but there's you know there's so many in my genre at least there's so many writers right there's so many authors so many books published and it's hard to like sift through them you know because you know some of them a lot of them are self-published which right. you can do anything you want when you self-publish there's no like standard <laughs> you just like put it on there yeah. Um, so you do find a lot of books that are poorly written. Um, but yeah, it's really hard because like, yeah, like you said, you find this book and you're like, oh, this is really good. And then it gets really weird really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> or, was, um, <laughs> it, that must have been, really that great. whole scene must have been two pages. Two pages. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now I'm shit. having a hard time. Yeah. Well, the whole fight scene and everything. And she went up and she went down. And She's she like living out his she... own. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Is what's it's so bad. I'm having a hard time turning it back on when I get in the, cause I listen to it when I'm in the car. Yeah. I, I yeah, I'm just like, it. Oh my like, God, okay, I don't want to go. I don't want to sit through that scene again or a, a scene like that again, you know, because the first book was so fun and I was like, what is yeah. nothing well, like that? <laughs> yeah. You're like, I was really oh. into this story. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, now there's like a full um, sub genre right now too. It's called reverse harem, and it's like where um, the female yeah. character has like four boyfriends, and right. it's like okay to have the four boyfriends, um, and it they make it sort of normal and it's right. just interesting and it's really popular. With Is it like graphic right though, like People that? Want to read it and it's like okay. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think so. It's not really my cup of tea. I, like I like more well, traditional I get way, fantasy and um, I, good old paranormal. Yeah, I like yeah the gore and horror. I'm good with. Horror, I mean that's but. fine. Like <laughs> rip a guy's spine out and drink the fluids. Okay, I'm okay. Jerk yeah. him off during battle. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> Start mixing potions yeah. and liquids and oh. bodily fluids. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I try to keep like I my you know I I definitely have sure you know, love, love scenes, whatever you want to call them, uh, in my books. Right. And, and there are definitely open doors. Right. They're not, right. They're pretty they're much like standard. Weird. Well, it's like, <laughs> you know even when I mean? watch like movies normal. and stuff, I, when it's over yeah, the top sex and, and maybe it's just, I don't know, maybe it's just, it's just me, I guess I'm more than mm -hmm. okay with them. Right. Cutting to them kissing 
and then cutting them and waking up the next morning in bed together. Yeah. Yeah. That is more than okay to me. I, fading away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, the, the scene has to be purposeful. You know what I mean? Like it has to either like for I, what I think for a novel, especially like Thank it you. has to either drive the story forward, um, give some sort of insight into the characters um, yeah. or otherwise it's yeah. just gratuitous. You know what I mean? Like it's just pointless and you don't need it. Um, a lot of people try to like force those scenes in so that they can call their book a paranormal romance or, um, you know, entice that kind of group of readers. But like, I usually have maybe three sex scenes in my books, tops, maybe four. Um, and it's usually just like the initial hookup, you know, when the two (laughs) main characters finally get together and then there's like somewhere in the middle, they solidify their love. And then at the end they have their like celebratory or whatever, you know what I mean? But, and then random like has purpose (laughs) to make a point. (laughs) Uh, I'm here for commentary. Sorry, guys. I much. (laughs) I actually like rather like I much prefer uh, writing like the violent scenes where I'm like having my main. I love that you're you're writing a really strong female (laughs) character. That's a lot of fun because you don't get you get them, but even Mm -hmm. in other books that are written by women, like Anne Rice, all her all her really strong characters Mm -hmm. are men. Yeah, so it's it's nice when you or read men, a cool yeah, book it's, that is interesting, different, and you know has a strong female lead. Thanks. Yeah, I wanted her to be uh, strong, yeah. like in the sense of, I mean, obviously she's supernatural, so it's going to be believable um, as far as if she's going up against male characters or demons or whatever. Like she's right. not a human You're woman; not seeing she's a four hundred five pound woman here. beating up so a two hundred pound man, right? Right, exactly. So it's like, well, no, she's supernatural. She yeah. has, you know, these quick abilities. She can sort of like, um, you know, she has. So in the book, she attains magic powers at some point too. So, um, so she has all these skills and stuff like that. So she's definitely strong, but she also like struggles with her own humanity. You know, she was yeah. turned into this creature against her will. So basically, she defends the innocent and the weak but like literally shows no mercy like when it comes to like people that piss her off or like the truly evil element in her world she has no like she doesn't even bat an eye and i actually had somebody i think it was a reviewer somebody like totally was like oh she's you know (laughs) she's over dramatic she's pissed off (laughs) that's really funny it made me laugh i was like oh (laughs) No, no, no. Another overdramatic female character. <laughs> <laughs> Super pissed off. <laughs> drinking blood for 400 years. <laughs> um, yeah, so no, I, I love Grey. I love, love, love her so much. She's like one of my favorite characters that I ever uh, created. She's just like, you know, I think when yeah. you create a character, it well, like, stays with you. You, you know what I mean? You've, like, you've becomes, birthed like, her. You've groomed her. I mean, she's a part of you and there's a lot of you in her and there's a lot of her in you. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, there's a reason like Mm -hmm. JK Rowling talked about when she killed off Sirius Black, she cried for days, you know? And so when you create a character that is, you know, I mean, I could imagine that if you ever get to a point where you need to kill her off for some, whatever reason, you'll probably go through mourning. Mm Mm-hmm. 
oh I, yeah i could like i can't even imagine like just you saying that i was like oh. i'm gonna <laughs> hang up no. on you right now killing <laughs> <Tell> your baby <laughs> yeah done with this <laughs> we're done oh my god yeah. yeah no i mean i have killed off characters and uh like not main ones but you know and it, it is it's hard you're literally like oh my god i can't yeah. like something yeah. just like purge something yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah. And so now I'm writing this new series. So the first, the first book's already out, but I'm actually the second book um, is almost done. I swear. How are you writing so fast? Um, <laughs> the second book. It's just in you. Are you just are you just sitting down and just pouring? It's just pouring out. Um. God, I, I used to write faster, actually. <laughs> Yeah, I have to. Yeah, so I have a routine. Yeah. I think that's really the best way to do it. Um, is you know, if you wait for, I don't know what the quote is. If you wait for like inspiration to strike, you'll be waiting around forever. Um, you have to just establish a routine. So like, I get up, uh, ten o'clock. I go to my straight to my computer, and just I'll maybe like put on a playlist to kind of get myself into like the tone and the mood of the book. Um, I'll reread a little yeah. bit of what I wrote you know, the day before just to put me back into the scene. I do try to leave, um, the scene open ended. Um, but when I take a break for the day, that way I can jump like back into it without oh, having to like, start a new chapter from scratch. I don't know for, for, for me, it just like helps my creativity. Um, yeah. So I'll just sit down and then I kind of just get into a zone. Um, I can write usually wow. th- two to 3000 words a day. Holy um, crap. I, I That's a lot. Before, uh, Nana has got nothing <laughs> on you. That was like one time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So I just get into some, but then there are yeah. days where I'm just not feeling it for whatever reason. Um, right. You know, pandemic, a little maybe, too much or wine, whatever. Um, and I'll write like 600 words. Yeah, exactly. I just, some days I'll be like, okay, I need to, read something that somebody else wrote or I need to watch a show or just listen yeah. to music all day and kind of like recharge. Uh, otherwise, right. I'll right. Right. Have you ever just thrown away whole chapters? Have you ever just thrown away whole chapters? With that? Mm, not whole chapters. No, I've cut out things and I have a yeah. um, deleted scene file because I never want to like, completely trash something just in case there's like a gem in there that I can use later or rework. So I will literally cut just the text out of the chapter and put it in the deleted scene file. Um, But I do a lot of rewriting. So I'm an underwriter, which means I, Mm -hmm. I write like the bare bones just to get the story down. And so I'll start with maybe 60,000 words for the novel. And then when I go back into the second draft to revise is when I start adding more stuff and yeah. like perfecting the sentences and adding more words. And so then it'll be like, uh, you know, between 70 to 80,000 words after that. I am, um, I am yeah, always in awe that people can do that because I have tried to write <laughs> books and things and <clears throat> I think I can keep myself mm-hmm. focused for like 24, 36 pages. Hence that we're going to do this graphic novel. Cause I think I, that I can stay focused on and do it. But when I've sat, try to sit down and write a book, um, Man, I just, I don't know if it's focus Mm -hmm. or just lack of talent. (laughs) No, I, no, I don't think it's lack of talent. I mean, I just, Uh I actually taught a little writing class at the local library um, right before all this stuff happened. Um, 
right around that Comic Con time, and I find that this is like a common thing with people that they yeah. um, don't finish the book. Right? You start a book, you have a great idea, you get all excited, and um, you start yeah. it, and then it gets hard, right? Because you're like, wait. What, are, what do I do? And so a lot of people quit and then they'll start another one. And there's, you know, a lot of people that have 20 right. unfinished novels, you know, in their desk drawer and really want to get published and really want to do it for a living. But like they, you have to just finish the one. And even like I get distracted, like I'll be writing, like I'm writing this series. And then all of a sudden this other idea came into my head. And I was like, oh right. my God, I need to write that like right now. <laughs> and so I started like outlining it and plotting it out. And I had to like take a step back and be like, wait, no, you need to finish this novel first, right. then get into the other project. You know, it, it's, but it's tempting. So especially if you're like just starting out, you've never written a novel before. Um, it's really easy to, to like be like, Oh, this is great. <laughs> right. and fun until until it's, it's like you're not. in the dregs and of then, it. And you're just like, Oh my God. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I do, I've talked to people and they're just like, yeah, exactly. who've but never I, written. Right. Like they were right. They, they loved English, uh-huh. loved writing in high school and in college and then had fancies of being a writer outside of, you know, but, but I find the people that actually do like actually start and finish like a novel, you know, they're like you where you're, they're writing poetry, they're writing, mm-hmm. they're constantly writing. Even when they were kids, they were writing stuff and writing stories and then going forward. And then, and the ones that don't finish, like a lot of times they, I think they have like this, like they're going to, they're going to write the next great American novel. You know what I mean? And they only have to write one or two novels and right. then they're done. They're, they're retired, you know? And it's like, that's not going to happen, dude. Yeah. <laughs> now, and, and, yeah. and it just doesn't even like work like that anymore. You know, now with the way the publishing industry is, I mean, even if you have an agent and, you know, a big yeah. publisher buys the book, doesn't guarantee anything anymore. I mean, I feel like the people that are really successful nowadays are the ones that yeah. get their books turned into films or shows. Um, as soon as you get that film deal, that television deal, that's when I see authors really blow up and you start to see like on Twitter, like, you know, they get the little check mark and everyone's like all excited and and then it's on every bestseller list. But there's so many great authors. I have friends that are that have agents and big uh, big pubs. And they're not, yeah. they're still having, have day jobs, you know, they're still, you know, teaching or, you know, working out of their, you know, home it's office tough. or whatever. It's, it's really hard to yeah. be successful and make money in this industry. Well, uh, well we, in have this a, we have a, <laughs> one of my favorite authors, his name is Richard Cadry, and he wrote this series called Sandman Slim. And it's a lot of fun. You should, you should check it out. But he's, mm-hmm. he's been on the New York Times bestsellers list okay. and he's had, He's written TV movies, and he's actually one of his movies. Somebody got what movie was it, Johnny? That somebody got an award for it, right? Um, and he didn't even know. Yeah, it got an Emmy award or something like that. And it's a yeah, I can't. Remember it was some weird movie that he wrote. He was like, oh, I. He goes, it's so bad. He didn't know it won an Emmy award, like a, like a. Yeah, it was just kind of funny, but you know, his Sandman Slim has been optioned awesome. for to become a movie franchise out of. Studio Eight, and the guy that does the um, John Wick wow. movies is going to do them, right? Well, he's supposed to do them. But oh my god! They announced it like three years ago, two years, yeah. two and a half years ago. Oh yeah, then it's time. It was up. Bridget Fonda who got the Daytime Emmy oh, Award for right. whatever, or the 
Golden Globe. Sorry, she, she got a Golden Globe for it. It was based off of his short story, Carbon Copy, Meet the First Human Clone. And the movie yeah, was called no, no Ordinary, Ordinary Baby. Baby. He didn't even know they made it. Oh, he <laughs> never like, heard of that. Johnny yeah. found it on the, while we're interviewing him. He, <laughs> he goes, hey, man, what was it like winning the daytime? And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, you got a movie called No Time for a Baby. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he did. How he got did he it. He just like, he's been in the business for so long. Yeah, it was just, just forgot so about funny. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was so. You he should read like, Sam and Slim though. It's really good. It's a, yeah, it's about a guy that. That's great. Uh, okay. Gets sent to hell, and he's, yeah. Well, he's human, oh, and he gets sent to hell, and but and he survives for like eleven years, mm-hmm. and then finds out that the girlfriend that he had when he oh, got wow. sent to hell got gets murdered by the people that sent him to hell. So he breaks out, and then the hilarity and craziness okay. ensues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. called Sandman That's Slim by Richard Kaiser. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> yeah, and the audio book. Sandman Slim. Read the book okay. by all means, but the audio book. Uh, okay. This guy named McLeod, Duncan McLeod. No, not Duncan McLeod. That's freaking Highlander. I always do that to him. <laughs> Highlander. McLeod Andrews. <laughs> I always Andrews. say Duncan McLeod because I want him to be Duncan McLeod. But McLeod Andrews does an amazing performance. And he does all the books. And there's okay. like Perfect. nine books right now. Okay. Oh, or 13, like 13 books. Yeah, it's crazy. Right it's crazy good. Yeah, it's good. Oh, that's a long series. See, I don't have the... like. Yeah. I like to read trilogies. I'm just very much like three-act play structure kind of a thing. Um, it, my publisher would probably love for me to continue, you know, writing four, five, six, seven, eight. But I'm like, no, I want to write yeah. fresh. Keeps your edge, story, right? You know. Um. So, but I do have a lot of friends that write these long series, um, where they have like seven, eight, ten books, and that's commitment because yeah, you do get kind of burnt out after a while of like the same, you know, the world. It's just like anything, you know, becomes routine. So it's nice to kind of like change things up, but I'm sure your oh, friend sure. probably works he's, on other projects. I mean, I'd love to call him like my that, friend, so. but you know, he's, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I just oh, seen him and, oh, and we've talked and you know what I mean? He's come on here, but like, I would consider you my friend because we actually interact on Twitter and we, you know what I mean? And I'm going to get your gamer tag because we're totally going to play yes. together. <laughs> yeah. I just use my oh, earbuds. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Do you like the headphones and stuff? I just plug them right into my 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 controller and no problems. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, I have like had like a headset that I got like years ago. That somebody bought me, uh-huh. and I used to yep. play. Did you ever play Left 4 Dead? That was, was a fun game. game. So, so this was probably um, like ten years ago. And maybe nine. And I so I put the headset on and I was like all excited. And yeah. um, I, well, I won't say my gamer tag on here, but um, it, right. it's very, it's like a feminine gamer tag. So I would get on and I'd put the headset on. And like all of a sudden, I would like get a barrage. Uh, like, get out of here, girl. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You know, like stuff like this 10 years ago. Yeah. And I would just like not say anything. And by the like 30 minutes into it, they'd all be following me like, like looking for me to help them get out of like whatever. That's awesome. I like grab the katana and be like, "Follow me." Um, Follow yeah, me, well. But that was my my one thing with the headset. I was like, oh, "So yeah, much no, shit." I don't deal with these, that. Like, I, I hate getting boys. on the games where you like you're on and people can attack you. That's the only thing I don't like about Fallout seventy six. I like to use a private server because I don't want people mm-hmm. coming on and just killing me. 
you know, and then taking my stuff and yeah. and then, and then they'll, they'll wait for you to respawn, you know, or they'll search you out again. Yeah. I know. They're such dicks. Yeah. I'm like, what yeah. is your problem? Tafina's brother was on and he did that and he got, <clears throat> this guy kept killing him. He's like, you're a fucking dick, man. <laughs> And and that's exactly what he said to him. And the guy's like, "Well, have fun with this." And he reported him for verbally assaulting him. And he got kicked off for two days. Oh but yeah, and like, I heard that they're very that serious guy's about the that. dick. The, the people, <laughs> but it's annoying. That guy's sitting there making it not fun to play your game. I don't want to play. If, you, be- <laughs> if someone's doing that, I'm done. I'm not playing. You know what I mean? I'll just log off. Yeah, yeah. no, totally. That happened to me like once. I was like, so I have um. My I have my little house there on this like golf yeah. course. It's called like White Springs, I think. And um, it, they oh, cool. it, it's a great place to set up your camp, by the way, because it has its own security system because it's a golf course. So you get like less uh, uh, creatures running into your area. And so it's really cool. I looked it up on Reddit and found it. I was like, what's the best place to put my camp? And um. So, yeah, but there's this one random day, this guy who was like a level 50 or something just started shooting at me, like, for no reason. And I didn't shoot back. And I just stood there and, like, right. stared at him, like, creepy, like, flowers in the attic. And he just, like, kind of – he kept backing away and then, like – but, like, staring this at me. This sounds so bad. He was just staring at me and then backing away. And then I was, like, flowers in the attic. And then he kept staring at me again. <laughs> <laughs> literally like yeah I'm yeah like that's what i'm saying where do you live <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so i just logged off i was like okay i need to just like find another server where the sky oh. doesn't exist <laughs> but yeah was, um so yeah i did the private server thing but i think oh, it's kind of crazy that it's, they're charging us extra I mean, for that I don't. I'd, I'd much rather just have it where like yeah. you and I meet up and you're like, "Oh, hey, you want to play Fallout seventy six with me?" Yeah, sure. And then we just play, and then we're just in the same area and we're playing. But it's just the yeah. two of us, you know, going against all the NPCs. Yeah, right. I'm very much on the. I love the collaborative style. Exactly. Stuff. That's you know. I yeah. I have so much mm-hmm. more fun here. Me it's too. Like, I don't want to fight a bunch of. First of all, I'm 45. Yeah. That kid's 12, and his reaction time is like. 80 times better than mine. <laughs> He's just going to kill totally. me over and over and over again. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, my nephew is, is yeah. 26. He just turned 20. or he's Yeah, he's going to be 26. Is that what it is? Johnny, is he going to be 26? Yeah, he's going to yeah, be 26. Yeah, 25, and, uh, 26 this year. I'm like, oh, man, you're old for a, video, for a gamer. No, I'm not. I'm like, go look it up. For a pro gamer, 26 is old. <laughs> Right. Yep. <laughs> You're like in our line of work. Trust me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're like the elderly exactly. in the wastelands right now. <laughs> Once you're over forty, no. They're what, like, I what are you doing Nintendo? here? <laughs> <laughs> I played Atari when you weren't even thought of. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that YouTube video of? Where they give like all these millennials and uh, Gen Zers like uh-uh. objects from like the nineties, and they they don't like understand what they are. Like they give them like a pager, and they show them the controller for the NES, and they're like, oh my god, this isn't ergonomically <laughs> correct, and you know, 
<laughs> they said they hand them like a cartridge, like, and they're like, yeah, you know, and yeah. the cartridge would skip. You'd have to like blow on it. And they were like, oh my God, how did you live like that? They're, they're, oh my God. I'll have to look at <laughs> it. Really funny. funny. <laughs> it's on YouTube somewhere. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's really funny. They just think we're like barbarians or something. <laughs> I remember having to blow into my Nintendo 8-bit in the first one. Just, yeah, blow into those oh, cartridges, then put it oh, in. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's working. <laughs> Otherwise, it would like freeze up. Or then how long did Sony <laughs> play, when the first Sony PlayStation in, yep. and the, the CDs were black? And it would take, it felt like it took yep. 20 years mm-hmm. for this thing to load up. Oh, forever. Yeah. Or and then when the Xboxes oh, started getting the like red the Red Ring, Ring of, of death. death. Yeah. That was, Yeah. And then there was this whole like thing yeah. where you could wrap it yeah, in a I remember blanket that. or something. It was like this weird. Yeah, it totally worked. Like once and bake and then, it, and you bake it in the oven. Is that what it was? Yeah. I think that was doing it's though crazy. was melting part of the the uh, the connections. It's exactly what it was doing. It was melting. Mm-hmm. So it would reconnect, and then it, then you pull it out, and it would, it would work again for a little while. I mean, it eventually would ruin the Xbox, but it, it would get it yeah, off. There the was, Red Ring there for was a little companies bit making tons of money off of that. Send us your your yeah. Red Wing, and we'll fix yeah. it, and then we'll bring it back to you. We'll oh, send yeah. it back to you charge you like half as much right yeah i, I remember going to gamestop with like th- three different times and exchanging yeah that was the, the 360 Xbox for like another used one yeah, and they just like the kept red, getting yeah, the red yeah, i haven't heard that in a while in a long time dude you know they, they put out the uh, the 360 like the right. elite or whatever it was the little smaller <laughs> yeah. one towards the end uh-huh. i bought one of i bought one of those because I, I had i had the one the white mm-hmm. ones before that but i bought one of those little elite ones and within like three days if we have it my son who's now 14 i think he was like seven at the time he was pulling a disc out and he just put his hand on the tray and just snapped the tray off. And I was like, fuck, I just bought this damn thing. But I, I, it was only three days old. So I sent it to Microsoft and I was like, I don't know what happened to the tray. It was, <laughs> and they, it was a one armed man. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they sent me a, a, a new refurbished one. So I was like, yes, but I was so pissed. I was like, we have had it for less than a week and you snapped the tray off. Of it. Come on, man. Oh man. That's funny. Well, oh, wow. Thank God. Yeah, now they're a little well, more right. Melissa, <laughs> we're over an hour in already. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. Right? Time we're flies. About and games, fun. books, writing. Games. I think we laughed. <laughs> I got a, my cheeks hurt from laughing so much. I know, so much. I love it. It's not even a joke. <laughs> it's not even a joke. I know, my me cheeks too. hurt. That's, that's easy for a big guy. Seriously. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, Melissa, we'd love to have you back on again. You are a who, and we should talk because I, I feel Thank like you, you could just yeah. call in and we could just have conversations and it will just be ridiculous. Yeah. And fun. For sure. Right. Right. We all, <laughs> so just go let's have you Dude, back <laughs> for a tan. We, we have a sub series of, of, of shows that we do called the tangent of tangents. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And because and it's just, us, oh God, yeah, just us going on random tangents and questions. <laughs> and it's ridiculous. It almost always starts with me asking Johnny a question. <laughs> something stupid you know and then and then okay. it just goes from there and it was it's so funny because it's like literally our most requested show we do all these interviews and we have hu- do we, we we had <clears throat> we've had robert wool on we've had emily swallow we've had all these hollywood people on our most requested shows mm-hmm. are our stupid tots we call them tots now yeah for tangent yeah. of tangents <laughs> Yeah. I love that. Love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, so it's funny. Tangent. We've had people call, like, <laughs> literally tell us, "I don't listen to you guys until I see the title and I see it's a tot that I listen." Yeah, <laughs> it's like really. <laughs> no, I love oh, that. Oh, perfect. Because I think you would fun. be perfect. Because totally we've just been. I don't know how many tangents we went off on on this thing. I mean, this was kind of a tot tonight. So. 
I know. It's like we all have ADHD or something, right? Now. I know. It's like like top Melissa style, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's their name right yeah. there. That's the name Perfect. of the episode. Oh, top I love that. Melissa style. <laughs> I like it. Awesome. There you go. I like it. That sounds really fun. Well, there you go. Man, I'll, cool. I'll reach out to you. Is Skype the best way to get a hold of you? Oh, you know what? I'll uh, just get you on Twitter. Email, I think. Um, yeah, or Twitter or whatever. That's yeah, send me an email. Send me a, yeah. send me a tweet or a all the Twitters DM or whatever. I tell people all that <laughs> all, the, all the time. They I don't have um, voicemail set up on my phone. I was like, why don't you have voicemail set up on my phone? Okay, first of all, you're old. Uh, secondly, no. And third, you can't right. get on me on <laughs> Facebook or Twitter or Skype or text me or any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> you're like, I'm so yeah, Exactly. I don't need another <laughs> thing to have to check. Yeah. I'm likely glad I can... Yeah, totally get out oh of it. Oh my god, seriously! <laughs> it's like when when people call you on the phone. When someone calls you, do you stare at the phone, going, "Why are you calling me right now?" <laughs> Every time, I was like, uh, "What is this for?" Yeah. No, exactly. If it's like one of my parents, I'm like, "Oh my god, who died?" Um, <laughs> if it's anyone else, I'm like, "What the hell is wrong with you?" <laughs> and I get like an immediate. Do I answer or do you like decline and go, "What do you want?" and text. <laughs> Yeah, I decline and I wait for the voicemail. And I'm like, if they don't leave a voicemail, then it was not exactly. a mine, they get, he does not have a voicemail set up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? No, I do have voicemail. Oh, my God. We're terrible. <laughs> we're terrible human beings. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> No, we really love well, having you, so you on. I can't wait on. to have you on like, again. We'll set up a tot here soon because you're too much fun. All awesome. right. We'll see you soon, Melissa. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. You too. Bye. See you later. All right. Stay safe. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Oh my God. She's awesome. Yeah. She is great. <laughs> she's funny as hell. Oh yeah. You could tell she's a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview because that, I mean, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That's how they should be. That's how they should all be, man. It was just, I, I don't know. It was fun. And I, I, I tried really hard not to, to reference back to the, the, the battle jerk-off scene that you mentioned because my brain not wants to what? make ter- horrible jokes the whole time. And there was a couple times after I made the joke twice, I was like, nope, don't say it again. Don't say it again. Yeah, she's a lot of, she's a hoot. I She's very prolific. I highly suggest if you are into supernatural books and you like reading about vampires and werewolves and witches and all that kind of fun stuff and a lot of action-adventure and supernatural horror, she's a great person to follow and a great person to read. And you heard of her that, you know, the style that she does is going to be something that uh, if you, you know... It's not for kids, guys. It's not for kids. Yeah, it's not for kids. Let's say it's not It's, it's not for your young adult. It's, it's you not know. just sparkly vampires, right? <laughs> yeah. Not sparkly vampires, right? No, she does... <laughs> You know, I've been reading. I'm reading the first book right now. I've bought a chapter and a half in. I literally just started yesterday. Nice. So, nice. and and it's good. Her writing is. She's a very good writer. You know, she's. Uh, you know, when you read a lot of people that are on a small town publication, you know, sometimes those publications just want to get as many authors as they can on board to start pumping out as much product as they can. Right. Because yeah. for the publisher, you're, it's a product. You know, yeah, you're you're a commodity. Yeah, you're a commodity, and so you sometimes you get less than the ability of writing is not as good as it could be. And Melissa right. has real raw talent, so I highly yeah, suggest the, 
people going out look, there and look her up and, and start reading it. Yeah, yeah, man. And I, I look forward to, to seeing where she goes in her career because I feel like she's just in the beginning of, a, of what's going to be a stellar career. Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, there you guys go. If you enjoyed that interview and you want to hear more in that vein, maybe with some different styles of people, maybe, maybe in comic books, we've got a lot yeah. of comic book people out there. Maybe in movies, we've got a lot of people in the movies. Maybe in TV shows. we got people in TV shows. Yeah, we do. So we people all over the world, all over, all the, over, all over the spectrum of entertainment. Yep. Yep. We hit it all, man. And here at SpoilerVerse.com, you can go back to all of our archives available. None of it is behind a paywall. So you can nope. go yep. back and listen and download and re-listen to your heart's content. The only paywall is the paywall in your heart of not wanting to go to our store and buy a t-shirt. <laughs> right? Johnny. Because we have those. Tell them what else they can get at SpoilerVerse.com. And please, explain the t-shirts, the coffee mugs, the stickers. I will. I will. So we've just now got a T-Public page out. We can buy Spoilerverse, Spoiler Country, Shooting the Sith, Polygon Warriors, Bridging the Geekdoms merchandise. Get on t-shirts, on hoodies, on on notebooks, on giant tapestries if you want to, on coffee mugs, on everything that you offer there, they're offered there. Uh, you can get our stuff there. And those, all, all, everything you buy there, not only will you look fly and look cool and get all the fellows and all the ladies you want, you will also be helping support us, what we do here at Spoilerverse, that we provide to you, you know, at no cost, all the time, for free, for your ear holes and for your reading eyes to read on the website. And on the website, speaking of Spoilerverse.com, you can get our podcast, Spoiler Country. You can get my other podcast, Haphazard Adventures. Or if you want to hear me talk to myself, you can check out White to Seal Radio. If you want to hear more about video games, you can talk, listen to Colton talk on Polygon Warriors. If you want to hear, you know, some more nerdy stuff and some more geeky stuff, you can go to Bridging the Geekdoms with Robert and Colton. They got a bunch of new episodes coming out, talking with cosplayers, talking with, with Star Wars people over there. And speaking of Star Wars, Robert does a show called Shooting the Sith, where he talks nothing but Star Wars, and he's got some Star Wars cosplayers and other people involved, and I, I heard that he just talked with Mike Peacock, who's a big Star Wars fan, to come on his show. And speaking of Mike Peacock, he hosts a show called Misery Point Radio, which is all about music and all about just, it, it's just good, good stuff. And there's so many new shows coming out that I, I don't even know if I should say them out loud, but I, I'm going to. We've got... <laughs> As of today, we talked with Nerds from the Crypt, who's a horror podcast, and they are joining the Spoilerverse. Yep. And by the time you hear this, they're probably already full of it, full you know, full on the Spoilerverse, because this is coming recorded way in advance, and I'm working on bringing them in right now. And they are a great podcast with Soul and with David and <laughs> with everything with falls Greg. out through the floor. <laughs> right. <laughs> and this comes out, and they're like, "Fuck you guys, we're out," you know. But we also got another show with with Greg because Greg Smith. If you don't know who that is, he is the brain, one of the brains behind Generations of the Apocalypse, one of the brains behind Starlight. He was a writer on Eyes. He's a good friend of ours. The show here, good friend of mine, good friend of Kenrick's. He has the, a podcast he's doing with his buddy Travis called Narrative Gunslingers, which is already launched. You can check that out as well on the website. He has another one called uh, called Funny Page. Hold on, let me grab the name real quick and I'll edit this out. I forget if it's Funny Page or Funny. Stable Spine. God damn it. <laughs> Not Staples Spine. God damn it. What the fuck is it? Uh... Alright, here we go. He has a new podcast with his buddy Dan called Funny Book Forensics, where they deep dive into classic stories and stories they love and relate them to current events or to other events in the world and kind of go into the deep dive of what that story actually means behind the scenes. And it's amazingly 
a lot of fun to listen to. And I feel like I've been talking for a while, and there's more shows we have on, but I should really get some notes in front of me because like, it's hard to remember all the stuff that we're doing all at once. Oh, but we have articles too, right? I, I didn't talk about any of the articles in this Yeah, we got spiel, lots of I? articles, man. We got Jay Roach. We got Sarah Kay. We got Colton Bird. We got Robert Slavinsky. Come on, man. Give him some love. Oh, man, there's so much. You need to go there and check out Roach's Den, check out the K-Files, check out all of the video game reviews and all the Star Wars stuff. And Go there, read them, leave comments, let them know you love them. Man, I don't think you can get any better than that. If you One thing you can do for us is a huge favorite, if you're still listening at this time, is <laughs> go out to your favorite podcatcher and leave us a review. It helps tremendously. Oh, it does. Leave us reviews all over the place. There you guys go. All right, guys. Don't forget, in an oceans of podcasts, we are Cthulhu. And as Cthulhu always demands, open the mind and read more.